that's going to report your good credit profile onto my credit bureaus as well. So now I'm getting a, a higher credit limit. I'm getting the, the benefits of the average credit age being higher, plus the total accounts is getting closer to the 21 plus, putting me in the best category. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today's episode, we're going to be diving into credit cards. What in the world does credit cards have to do with real estate? Well, a lot when you actually buy homes using credit cards, renovate homes using credit cards, and all the pros and cons that, that come with that unique strategy. I'm very excited to dive into that. It's a topic um, that I think is very interesting. Credit cards and 0% and, and u- utilizing all of those, I'm guessing, mailers that you get in the mail four times a day advertising credit cards. Maybe, maybe after this episode, you and I will have to actually open those up and check it out after we hear Brandon Elliott, who is our guest today, uh, tell us the tips and trades. So Brandon is a real estate investor, also a podcast host of the Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing podcast, author of the book, Action Driven. International, which is an international speaker. He's credit specialist. He utilizes the Burr method. He's done fix and flips locally in San Diego as well as out of state. He says one of his worst projects is only a 60% cash on cash return. And his latest multifamily project is eight minutes away from the famous San Diego Zoo, which he bought with the help of credit, which he's going to dive into starting right now. Brandon, welcome to the show. Jason, what's going on? I appreciate you for having me on, man. I'm excited. Yes, oh, I, I like it. And again, if you're listening, which most of our listeners are um, through, through podcasts, audio versus uh, video, um, I'm jealous of Brandon's tan. We're, we're filming this here at the beginning of uh, the, the summer with the COVID and being stuck inside and Brandon's out there and in San Diego, getting a sweet tan, enjoying the, the outside sun, which would spend a little little less here in, in Denver being kind of stuck inside, I guess you can say, with the spring weather. Yeah, yeah normally I'm bleach white, but um, I, I got a, a nice little burn this weekend being outside, so it was nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, you're looking good. Looking good. So, well, let's uh, let's start before we dive into the credit. Let's just take take us back to your first real estate deal and what ultimately that looked like. Yeah. So I live out here in San Diego, but I invest about three thousand miles away over in Ohio. Um, Basically, that first project, I, I found a location that made sense as far as job growth, population growth, and, and it had something unique about the area. It, that unique part was a famous Catholic university that just announced that they had no more housing available for the juniors and seniors. Just the semester before I started looking there, and I was like, boom, that's a ticket. So I started looking in, in this particular area, and uh, 
did some due diligence from afar and then basically got on the phone, you know, was uh, building the relationships over there, made a big list of about 60 properties I wanted to, to tour. And uh, me and my lady flew over there and, and just started going through all of them within a few days. And uh, I ended up picking two properties that I, uh, I ended up purchasing. I submitted offers on four, I believe, maybe five, but um, I ended up picking up two. One was a, uh, a single family house and then the other was a triplex and they were both needed a lot of work. <laughs> All on market? Yeah, they were on market. It was motivated sellers. Um, just, uh, you know, situations that um, a, a lot, there were several investors over there that picked up, had big portfolios, like 40 to 60 properties all individually themselves. And they were all in like their early nineties. So they were all just ready to cash out their, their families were trying to encourage them to cash out. So it just created opportunities. That's great. With these purchases, did you utilize your, your credit card strategy on, on these? Yeah. So I ended up utilizing my, my savings to actually get into these properties and get them, you know, the down payments to get in. Um, and then the rest, I was able to utilize uh, my credit for the remodels. So I ended up utilizing credit cards as 0% interest to be able to complete all the remodels and, um, and hold the balances on the credit cards for up to a year before I rented out the properties and then completed the remodel or completed uh, the cash out refi to pay off that's, the cards. That's great. How did you pay the actual contractors themselves with the credit card? Would Did they need, because I'm anticipating they would need a, a check or, or cash or uh, some sort of payment. Yeah, sure. So many contractors only use like cash or, or checks um, most of them aren't going to want to, or, uh, utilize, you know, credit cards in general. But, um, in the beginning, I, I just wasn't educated and I was using cash. I, I was using, basically it was a, a formation of like a balance transfer, kind of like a cash advance though, but it was a promotional deal at 0% interest. Uh, similar to like those offers that you get in the mail that you were talking about on the intro. Um, basically, the bank, for instance, it was Bank of America that I used at the time. They, I had a, you know, several credit cards with them, but one credit card limit was very high, about seventy thousand, and I, I was able to get one of those promotional deals that they would send the money from my credit card and wire it into my bank account. And I would get it within the next day and it would start a 12 month to 18 month period, depends on which uh, offer that I went for. And it was 0% interest for that whole time frame. So I utilized those funds to be able to pay my contractor at first, but I learned quickly after going through five contractors, three of them I should have sued um, because, you know, I was young just dumb, naive, and, uh, and long distance, you know, I, I was getting taken advantage of. So um, I wasted a lot of money on contractors. I've been screwed over on contractors on that first property, just like many investors have. But after that, it was one of those situations that 
you know, I definitely knew that I only could use referrals from people that, um, you know, contractors that they've used. And also I was only going to pay them with a credit card moving forward. So if they, if they didn't take credit cards, if they wanted to do business with me, they would have to set up a merchant account or take credit cards in some form or fashion, um, which ends up giving me protection. Because if they don't do the work and I have before and after pictures plus a detailed scope of work, then it's very easy for me to just simply call into my credit card company and say, hey, these guys didn't do what they said they were going to. The credit card company naturally is on my side and they're going to credit my money back right away. And then they open up a case that they make. It's kind of like a mini court case, right? Except I don't need to show up anywhere. I just need to make a quick 10 minute phone call. And now they, they put the, um, the situation kind of in the, the contractor's court that they need to provide evidence that, that they did do what they said so they can get their money back, right? For sure. Did, did they charge you extra when you are proposing this to the contractors? Are they saying, okay, I quoted you a thousand, but it actually it's going to be now a thousand fifty because of that additional hit that I'm going to get. Yeah, so most of the time it's going to be like a three percent charge right around there um, for taking you know processing credit cards. Uh, to be very truthful with you, most credit card or, or contractors that accept credit cards they they haven't charged me any. Uh, additional. I, I do have one contractor locally here in San Diego where we do fix and flips or uh, we have a fourplex that we're holding on to right now that um, that we've negotiated, you know, to split half. He would cover half the cost. I would cover the other half. And then I kind of just tell people, you know, like new contractors that I'm dealing with, you know, include it in your bid because I don't I don't want to pay it at the end of the day or I'll, I'll ask them to break it up so I can justify you know, why those prices are there. Nice. What's the biggest pro and con or multiple pros and cons to using credit cards to fund a renovation uh, on a house? Yeah. So there's many benefits in my opinion. Um, It's easy accounting because it's always going to be there. You're not going to lose track um, if you're not that analytical of a person, you know, if you put it on the same credit card, you're going to see it on your statements, right? Um, another benefit is if you're utilizing a credit card that earns points, then I've always built up enough points after each remodel to be able to go on like a free vacation. So it's like a nice reward for yourself afterwards to to go, you know, have fun on you know, a project that you would have spent cash on anyway, somehow, you know, um, as far as the downside goes, it's just, you know, coming across, you know, good workers or, or somebody that is stubborn and doesn't want to adjust or, or take credit cards. I just won't work with those people. Um, and I would like to, right. So if, if I can try to educate them or show them how, it could benefit both of us then um, and maybe the fees a little bit. The fees really aren't, aren't that big of a deal though. I mean, 3% at the end of the day to have like full uh, knowledge and and protection, like insurance policy that you're not going to get screwed over. You know, like I I've been screwed over a lot with contractors in the beginning, 
you know? So, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have as well. And uh, this just protects you. That's great. Do you have to help some of these guys set up some of these merchant accounts? And, and if so, what do you recommend to our listeners in way of services do that? Is it setting up PayPal or do you have to actually go to like a true credit card processor and get the formal swipe or how does that, how does that look? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I have helped out some of local contractors here in San Diego uh, that I've utilized, but um, besides that, you know, I always ask them first and foremost, you know, what kind of bank relationships that you have, because if, if you're banking with, you know, Chase and you've been with them for a long time, then I would first and foremost, like start off with them, see what kind of deals they have, product services that they could potentially offer you. You want to make, you, you do want to shop around a little bit. You can simply Google as well, um, you know, different merchant accounts that are going to save you the most buck and, and, um, and be able to not have all those expensive fees. They, they all are very similar right around like the 2.5 to 3, 3% uh, for fees, but some of them have some different perks and, and qualities um, without any of the additional fees and stuff like that. That would be beneficial. Do they have, I, I see some of ours, smaller contractors that, that are now accepting credit cards have the, the swipe on the actual iPhones that they, they plug in. Um, is that what you're seeing your guys or do they mainly just take the, the number and input it in themselves since essentially you're investing out of state? I'm guessing they aren't physically swiping that card. Yeah, they're not physically swiping the card. I like to leverage as much as possible. So I don't, I don't want to be there physically every day, especially in Ohio, that's not happening. Um, so we're doing a lot of it over the phone, but, um, usually merchant accounts, they all give you access, uh, that you can do it on your phone. So most of them are doing on, on their phone just cause it's easy and convenient. Nice. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I know at least back in the day, there was an additional fee. Uh, if you didn't swipe it, there was like uh, it was 2% if you swiped and it was 3% because there was higher risk that you're using a, a stolen credit card or fraud. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sure if that was still the case today or, or if it's more equal across the board just because credit card use is much more um, of the norm. Yeah, it depends on the, the service provider. They all fluctuate just a little bit. Also, the credit cards that you're using, if you are utilizing like a... Uh, higher elite type of card that offers like a lot of rewards, then those tend to be a little bit more expensive uh, for the, you know, the merchant. Yeah, definitely seems to be that if you're using one that gets you more on the back end, they're, they're having to, it's give and take. It has, they have to get that somewhere. So they're, they're charging the person more because they're giving you more. So it's, so someone's got to pay. Um, yeah, and a lot yeah, of the time exactly. it's, it's, it's the contractor or, or the service provider or, yep. or company. So, um, yeah, well, anything else that, that's just kind of very specific that you would recommend someone doing or not doing, even like, let's say opening up all of those letters that we get in the mail. Um, any tips on which ones of those are legit and which ones are, scammy? Yeah. So very truthfully, none of them are that I've noticed, you know, 
uh, I, I typically have a, a strong alert um, on my on my mind as well when it comes down to spammy stuff or or things that are um, I guess more negative. None of them have been. They all offer some type of benefit. Now it, it's important to write, to like read the full details of all your offers to be able to see is this offer beneficial enough. You know, it, it might be just a, a basic type of card that's really has an annual fee and doesn't even give you like one, two or 3% cash back or whatever type of perks. Like if it doesn't have a rewards program, is it really that great? Most, most people are looking for like the 0% interest for 12 months or so. Uh, the simple fact is those basic cards that offer just that really don't have like a rewards program. That's like their type of product is that they're promoting is just a 0% interest. and Which most, is huge in itself. I mean, if you're it is. 0% for a year, um, if you- Good leverage. Yeah. I mean, that that's great. So most credit cards typically actually offer that regardless these days. So a good majority of them, until you really get to the higher elite type of cards, but the middle and lower uh, type of tier cards are all giving you the 0% interest, uh, introductory for cards, which is good. If you also want to get, like for all the listeners, um, if you're not getting a lot of those offers in the mail of you know, bonuses for opening up a new bank account or taking advantage of promotional deals like 0% interest, what you can do is go to optin.com uh, and there's a, just scroll down to the bottom, there's an opt out, opt in, and uh, like permanently uh, be removed. Basically, you want to opt in and, uh, and that allows basically a soft pool on, on your credit, which doesn't affect you whatsoever. Uh, but it, it allows the creditors to see that you have a good, if your credit score is good, um, it, it shows that, you know, you have a good profile and then they're going to start marketing good offers to you, which is nice. That's great. So it's optin.com. Yeah, opt-in. Yep. Great. We'll, we'll make sure we throw that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And speaking of credit, how does this affect your credit if you are swapping credit cards on a regular basis to utilize the 0%? Because a lot of times your credit score is based on uh, one of the main things. I think it's like 30 some percent of the of the credit is based on length of your average credit history, you know, the average credit card or loan that you have out there. So well, actually, the, the age is actually 15%. Um, So if you're having a new credit card, age makes up, your average credit age makes up uh, 15% of your FICO. But 30%, you are correct, it does make up your utilization. So if you're having a high balance on your credit cards and uh, and they're looking at your total credit line. So if all of your credit cards in combined, you have 100,000 in total for credit lines and you're you're utilizing maybe 51,000, that's 51%, which is actually going to hurt you. Anything over you know, 50% and higher, you're in the red category, and it's going to start dropping your score significantly, which makes it hard for the cash-out refis. For sure. So how, how do you get around that? You, you use a credit card to get it. You don't have that cash. You're working two restaurant jobs. Yeah. You don't have that cash to pull 
all that capital to spend 30K to rehab. So you put it on a card, it pulls your credit down. You go then do the burr strategy buy rehab, rent, refi. And now your credit's kind of shot. What do you do? Yeah, man. It was one of those, uh, you know, beginning learning curves that I had to come across because I didn't know. I, I was just trying to make the, I was adapting. I didn't have enough money. So I was adapting, utilizing credit cards, going, you know, on, uh, on just faith that I'm going to be able to pull this off. And then I run into the cash out refi and I wasn't able to, right. Because my, my, uh, my debt was too high. Um, so I realized quickly that I had to figure out another way. I, I found this little trick with authorized users. So now we even have a, a company that we, we sell trade lines, basically lease them. But, um, but this helps out tremendously because an authorized user can actually affect three out of the six boxes that make up a, a credit profile, make up the, the FICO for somebody. So it, it affects your total accounts, which makes up 10% of your FICO. It affects your credit average age, which makes up 15%, like we mentioned. And then lastly, it makes up um, your utilization, which makes up 30%. So in total, those three boxes, that's 55% of your, your FICO which helps drastically. Basically adding an authorized user uh, to an account, say say you have a really great credit card, it's 20 years old, it has a $100,000 limit, you've never been laid on it, nothing derogatory. If you added me as an authorized user, you're gonna add my full name, my date of birth and my social. And then if they ask you any additional information like a phone number or address, you're gonna put yours down. And basically, that's going to send a new credit card with my name on it to your address. You're going to call, activate it, cut it up, throw it away. And now on the statement closing date, once a month, every 30 days, you're going to see um, whatever your balance is. Hopefully it's, it's at zero or close down to it. Uh, that's going to report your good credit profile onto my credit bureaus as well. So now I'm getting a, a higher credit limit. I'm getting the the benefits of the average credit age being higher, plus the total accounts is getting closer to the 21 plus, putting me in the best category. That's great. Uh, I, I know we've had, I put my wife on one of my cards as a user just in case emergency. And I remember a few years ago that it affected her credit score and it was yes. showing um, because that was one of the ones that I had, I think what it was, was I added her to one of our fix and flip credit cards for yeah. emergency in case we needed to do something, you know, in our house or, or, or I was out of town and she needed to pay something. Um, and I think that like affected hers, I think possibly in like a negative way. Cause that one card, um, we have a bunch of them. We try to always stay below 10% cause that's when it actually is, it benefits you. And I think that one card was a higher one. Uh, and then she didn't have very many credit cards, maybe only one. So it, it, it affected her when she was going to think refi one of her original houses she bought before we got married. Um, yeah. if I remember right. So now that I'm just kind of thinking, I was like, oh man, that hurt, but I could see how it could benefit because if I put her on one of my other cards that we have a, a high 50, $75,000 credit line, but we don't yeah. really utilize, then she's getting the benefit of that. So walk me through real quick. Um, that you said you put a phone number and address. So 
who it was a credit card holder and then like the the um add-on person who so whose phone number and address basically the the phone number and address it just helps eliminate any uh you know is that the risk that it's, yeah, that's the, that's the risk part, right? Because if they don't have the individual's phone number and the address is where they're going to send out the new card, then that person like me, if you added me, I'm never going to get the card. I'm not going to get access to the card. So I can't do anything. So you being the seller of the card with the main card holder, that just protects you. If it's your significant other or like your kids or, you know, family members, then it, you know, if, if they live in the same house, you're going to put that anyway. Um, but if they're like a brother and you trust them, then yeah. you can put their address, just tell them not to use it. Right. For sure. <laughs> Cut it up and throw it away. Well, before we take a quick break, uh, to hear from our sponsor, I just, I, I want to dive in this just a couple more seconds. Just, is yeah. there any downside to this? Because I remember I just called up, put my wife on there for emergency and didn't think anything of it. And it was really that simple. So you say you're kind right. of like selling those credit lines trade per lines, se, yep. trade lines. Yep. So h- how does that work? Let's say I'm working at Applebee's. I got my two jobs, bartending, and then I mow some yards. I want to get that first house. I, yeah. I want to get that credit up so it doesn't happen where uh, I go to do the burr and it hurts me. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I need to get my utilization percentage down below 10%. So I need to get attached to a hundred thousand dollar line because I'm going to be using all 10,000 of my credit card to, to do the rehab. What happens? What's next? How do they go about it? So basically um, you need to do the math to see like what exactly you need, because if, if you need 10 authorized users, because you're only at 11 total accounts and you want to get to the perfect, you know, stage, for your credit profile to hit 21 plus, then um, you just simply need to do the math to see exactly the type of cards that you need. You wouldn't want to get nine cards when you really needed 10 and you're just shy on the age, you're just shy on the total accounts and utilization, right? So simply looking and identifying the, the six boxes, understanding out of the three what you need. And then afterwards you can simply try to find that within your circle, friends, family. We, we like to show people and teach people like a simple three-step process to be able to educate somebody, to eliminate that fear so that they can add you. Um, and if not, then you can always pay for them. Like we, we, uh, we have 60 plus sellers in our group that, um, that we, we sell it. Uh, we lease them out for you know, two to, to four months. It's all negotiable. And, uh, and that helps people out. So there, there's many different ways to go about it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's very creative. Creative Real Estate yeah. Podcast. I thought we were going to be talking about, you know, buying a home and rehabbing the homes on credit cards. And here, I think the most interesting is, is uh, <laughs> utilizing additional users to increase your credit score. Because credit score, guys and gals, is that is one of the absolute lifelines of a real estate investor. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it is a, no matter how great of a relationship you have, if you have at with a bank, if you have a bad credit score and you've making a million dollars a month, but you have a bad credit score, 
they're going to be really hard pushed to be able to get that through kind of underwriting at their bank because someone's got to sign on that and they're signing on that you have a 550 credit score. No matter how much you make, no matter how awesome of a person you are, that's going to be very difficult. So um, it's just so important. Uh, It's just so, so, so banking relationships, banking relationships, banking relationships, credit score, credit score, credit score. If you have those two, then you can be successful in real estate. Yeah. Because those are, that's. It's a key ingredient. It is. It's cat, you know, cash is king and the banks hold the cash. So if you want to be king, you better uh, start being friendly with them and friendly with your credit score. So. Well, that's awesome. I think we can, I'd love to have even you back on now that I kind of know that, that the credit score is, is an area that you're an expert expertise in. Um, love to have you on just to talk about just that. So let's take this quick break and we'll come back with the final five. Hey, it's Adam Adams and I am thrilled and excited to announce the launch of my brand new, brand new YouTube channel. So I don't know if you like YouTube or not, if you watch YouTube or not, but if you do, head over and please subscribe to the Apartment Investing Show. This YouTube channel is 100% about apartments only. If you're looking to fix and flip, not the right show for you. If you're looking to invest in hotels, not the right show for you. This is the Apartment Investing Show. And I mean the Apartment Investing Show. And I'm thrilled and excited about it. If you can, do me a giant favor. Run over there. Right now, if you're a YouTube watcher and find the Apartment Investing Show, please give me a rating and a review, like give us a thumbs up and subscribe, click that bell. We're going to be pushing out some amazing content on the YouTube channel. So if you are looking to scale and grow and get into apartments, whether it's syndication or just owning these on your own, the Apartment Investing Show is the right show for you. Go look at for the Apartment Investing Show on YouTube right now, and I'll see you there. We are back from break with Brandon, and we are going to jump right into our final five. First one being Brandon. Tell us about your most creative real estate deal. Most creative real estate deal. Um, so I, I purchased a property using credit card. Basically, it was a motivated seller. It was an investor that purchased this property, got a great deal on it. And uh, it was their first time in this area. And I knew the area very well. They didn't know the area that well. And uh, they were trying to get higher than than they could have. And I just knew that. So I came in, I, I was building a relationship, negotiating with them. And uh, I gave them offers. They kept on denying it, just kept on following up. And about four to five months later, um, ended up just negotiating such a deal that they got desperate and they just, they lost money on the deal. But I was able to utilize straight cash to uh, purchase it. I did the remodel on on credit cards. Sorry, I I used credit cards uh, for the purchase. I think I said cash. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, yeah, basically it was all done on credit cards, the purchase and the remodel. And then I was able to rent out the property for, um, it's eight, it's 900 now. Um, 
per month. It's fully remodeled and I have no money into it. I actually could have got paid out a little bit on the, on the property with the equity, but I just kept it in there. That's great. Yeah. Where, where do you see the market in five years? Any specific points that you think we'll, we'll be at and where do you see yourself in five years? Jason, it is like the, the biggest question that's running through everybody's mind right now. Like, where are we at with the market and, and what's going on? Uh, we are definitely in like different times right now. I think we can all agree it's it's something with the with COVID and all that other crazy uh, nonsense out there. Uh, nobody was anticipating, right? So I'm, I'm really clueless. I don't know even what the next six months are going to look like because... We're, we're going through different changes right now. And, uh, and the government's helping out a lot in, in certain areas that I, I never thought they would. Um, so I know it's still a, a heavy, you know, there, there's very little inventory out there in my area at least. And, um, and there's still a lot of good deals being, being passed around um, or even on the retail side of selling, you know, so all I know is for us, we keep on planning on uh, growing our portfolio. We like we like the whole Burr strategy. That's what I'm in love with. I, I love having very little money into my deals at the end of the day, but still cash flowing and, and being fully remodeled. So uh, we would like to see ourselves get into bigger doors, you know, bigger multifamily, and uh, just building up our portfolio, getting that passive income. That's great. Any book or? additional podcasts that you really like that's kind of hitting home lately? Yeah, I'm super biased. I just really love ours. Ready, set, go, real estate investing. <laughs> no, um, you know, Bigger Pockets has always been like a motivation for me. I, I love them. Um, that's where I did a lot of my education in the beginning. You know, that's where uh, I truly get inspired by those guys. They, they have, it's like the main hub, right? That everybody learns from. So, um, there, let me see. Oh, I forget what it's called, but there's a book that's uh, really good that I, I learned a lot from originally. It's it's uh, Frank Gallinelli, I believe. Thirty six key factors that every real estate investor should know. I think I butchered that really bad right there, but it's something along those lines. It's a very long title. If you if you try googling that, it should pop up. Great, we'll do the research and throw it in the show notes. So. <laughs> Maybe you guys do work. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's all right. It's real estate's work, you know? So, um, where, uh, where's one way that you like to give back to the real estate community that's been very beneficial to you over the last few years? Yeah. So, um, so we've, we've done a lot of like, when I say we, it's me and my significant other, Jennifer has been a, a super powerhouse in all of our businesses, but uh, we've, we've done a lot of like speaking engagements or even just virtually like this with um, RIA groups, helping out people with credit and also the birth strategy. And we, we do some side coaching um, to help people overcome that obstacle of, you know, uh, not having enough money you know, thinking that they need the money first before they actually get a, a deal under contract. Um, so we, we've seen people sitting on the sidelines for two years and then finally take action and get some guidance from us and within three weeks, get their first deal, help them raise money, complete the full remodel. Like that has been 
so rewarding. I, I never thought it in a million years that I, I would get so fulfilled from like helping somebody else uh, just eliminate a lot of that unknown feeling that I originally went through uh, doing it by myself. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more of the people who made it uh, a good run during the the downturn and the uptick now are yeah. kind of stepping back a little bit saying, all right, I'm, I made my money. I have a little more free time right now. The market's kind of plateauing and I want to finally get back and coaching seems to be a lot of the times that that answer that people give and and they they lighten up more when they talk about the coaching than they did the first 20, 30 minutes about their, their cool deals. So it's, it's, it's always nice to see that, uh, that our guests are, uh, are definitely giving back in a, in a positive way. So really appreciate that and everything you guys do. So, well, um, what's the one way that people can reach out to you? I know that you're always on social media and all the different sites, but what's the best way, whether that's email or phone number or social media that we can throw in the show notes below that people can reach out to you? Yeah. Um, so Facebook is just quick and convenient. So facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, uh, investor or, uh, facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, REI. Um, otherwise it's just Brandon Elliott investments. You can find that on Instagram or, or .com. Great. Well, that's great. Well, Brandon, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm actually going to have to dive into this uh, this credit user. I am butchering what the user, authorized user. Authorized user. It. There you it is. It. So I'm going to have to dive into that because I love hacking. Literally, my enjoyment in life is just hacking anything like life hack and real estate hack and yeah. health hack. And now that I can find some credit card, I, I have over 800 score, but I'm a competitive person. I think like 850 or 900 is perfect. And I want close as that as possible. So I'm going to have to figure that out. So I really appreciate it. So yeah, man, I, I appreciate you so much. Uh, we definitely got to connect more because uh, there, there's a lot of things you can do with the with credit to be able to leverage and, and make your credit work hard for you. So yep. I'm excited. I'm very thankful that you guys had me on. I appreciate you. Well, excellent. And always my friend until next time, think outside the box. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the creative real estate podcast. Jason Lewis and myself, Adam Adams are grateful to have you as a loyal listener. And I do have one quick favor to ask is if you are looking for apartment investing, then go to apartmentinvestingshow.com. That is the brand new YouTube channel that I just launched. Brand new YouTube channel. Uh, again, this is only for apartment investing. That's all we talk about there. It is the apartment investing show and you can find it by going to apartmentinvestingshow.com.